0: So, speaking of having a strong defense, speaking of having a strong navy, Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville is currently and for months has been holding up more than 300 military promotions in the Senate non-political positions including the chief of staff of the army, the commandant of the Marine Corps, the chief of naval operations, the chairman of the joint chief's role is set to be vacant at the end of this month. I know you have criticized his decision. The military says this is hurting readiness. I know as a military spouse, you know, military spouses are really upset about this. Why is the Republican Party tolerating this?
1: There's a couple of things here, Jake. I mean, let's speak hard truths, right? First of all, Department of Defense never should have done this. I disagree with it, and I'll put an end to it as president. You're talking about the the reimbursement
0: policy for travel, for abortion? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, because you have to do these things through Congress. We have three branches of government for a reason. You can't slip something in there like that and think that Congress is not gonna be upset. So first, I'll put an end to that and you'll handle it through the proper channels. Secondly, we don't need to be using military families as political pawns. That's a mistake. These, The military members and families, they sacrifice enough. They don't need to be a pawn in Congress. But look at the political games that continue to play. Chuck Schumer could still get this done if he went through and listed each member and had Congress vote on each member. But, Ambassador, do you you know what that would do?
0: I mean, do you really want to have... I mean, the tradition is, generally speaking, that that the Senate just votes uh, unanimous consent for 300 people to be promoted. Oh, You think the military is political now? You really want to have the U.S. Senate voting on somebody being promoted to Major, to Lieutenant Colonel, to Colonel, to Ambassador, I mean to a Admiral, to, I mean every single person is going to have their social media posts scrubbed. You really want like in the U.S. military, Bernie Sanders, Joe Manchin, like everybody's going to decide everybody's promotions? This is how we're going to do uh, promotions from now on?
1: Well, if you're going to talk about tradition, shouldn't Department of Defense do things the right way so we're never in this mess to start with? let us I mean, let's call it like we see it. Department of Defense started this. I'm not saying Senator Turberville is right in doing this because I don't want to use him as pawns. But if you love our military, if you are so adamant about it, then go and make Congress. Republicans and Democrats have to go through person by person. Do you honestly think they won't say, okay, this is ridiculous, let's put an end to it into well, it? They will. But Show show your show your true grit by going out there and saying, "Fine, if y'all are going to play the military for." the pawns like this. Let's go member by member. Let's make them pay the price. Let's make them do their job. Let's make them suffer so that they know what they're doing to these military families. This isn't about making it convenient for Congress. This is about making sure you're doing right by members of the military. This is making sure you hold the Department of Defense accountable. Let's call that what it is, Jake, because right now everybody's saying, oh, but do you really want Congress doing this? You know what I want Congress to do? Is their job. I want Congress to do their job. I want them to deal with inflation. I want them to deal with gas prices and groceries. I want them to deal with the lack of transparency in schools. I want them to deal with the fact that, yes, military members are being used as pawns and they need to make sure that these families don't suffer. I want them to do their job. And the majority of Americans see that government's not working for the people, it's the people working for government. And it's got to stop, including these political games that they play.
0: SpaceX CEO Elon Musk uh, has confirmed a report in Walter Isaacson's new biography of him that last year Musk personally blocked access to his Starlink satellite network in Crimea uh, in order to disrupt a major Ukrainian attack on the Russian Navy uh, in Crimea. Do you think what Musk did was appropriate? And are you okay with a private citizen having so much power over a war?
1: Well, first of all, I don't know enough of the details about that to comment, but what I would say is if there's any sort of smoke, we should have transparency. We should be able to find out exactly what happened, who did it, when they did it, and why they did it. And then we should be able to take the appropriate action. The bottom line is we should always watch out for the national security of Americans and our allies. And if there was anything that came in the way of that, then we should address it. And if there's something there, then we should ask questions about it. But I think we need to look into it further.
0: Your uh, campaign got some good news, some brand new polling from CNN suggesting you are far and away the strongest Republican candidate to take on uh... joe biden in fact you're the only one in our polling who would decisively beat president biden in a head-to-head race everyone else is within the margin of error um... still on the republican side uh... you and all the other republicans trail donald trump uh... in the primary why do you think the electability argument doesn't seem to be resonating more with republican voters
1: well i think the reason that it shows that i would beat biden by by six points is simple. I think the majority of Americans know we need a new generational leader, that we need to leave the negativity uh, of the past behind us, the majority of Americans don't want to see a rematch between Trump and Biden. That's been very clear. And the majority of Americans think that we need to go with younger faces, younger voices, and we've got some work to do. They're tired of working for government. They want government to work for them. In terms of the primary, look, we're just getting started. Debate season is what kicks off um, the primary. We have made huge jumps in the primary polls so far, but this is the beginning of it. We've got quite a bit Um, to go before we get to January. I'm going to work hard to earn every person's vote, whether it's Iowa, whether it's New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, or across this country. We have a country to save, and I'm determined to do it. It is time that we finally address the debt and the economy so that taxpayers don't feel like their money's being wasted. It's time to address the fact that we need to have transparency in the classrooms so that parents feel like they're in control of their children's education again. It's time that we deal with crime and bring law and back to our country and it's time that we secure our borders and start focusing on Americans instead of illegal immigrants that are coming in. And it's time that we finally have a strong national security where America is safe and we're strong abroad. That's what Americans want. It's not rocket science. It's common sense. And I think that we're going to continue to see that what we're saying is resonating.
0: Can the Republican Party credibly claim to be a law and order party with a nominee who is facing 91 felony counts?
1: Well, Jake, I'll tell you this, I was at the United Nations and I saw many countries who would say someone was a criminal before they were tried. This is America. We don't do that. You're not convicted until you've had the opportunity to defend yourself. So let's let Donald Trump defend himself. Let's see what happens. And if he is convicted, then the American people will deal with it then. But let's let's have the blessings that we have in America, which is everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Let's let the evidence play out. Let's let the lawyers do their thing. And let's see what Donald Trump does. And then we can make a decision. But I have faith in the American people. I trust them. And And I trust what will happen will be the right thing for our country.
0: One of President Biden's biggest achievements he's touting on the campaign trail is a $35 price cap on insulin for American seniors on Medicare. Uh, Some companies have extended that price, $35, to all their patients. As president, would you keep that $35 price cap on insulin or would you try to reverse it?
1: I think what Biden did was a Band-Aid. Do we need to do something about health care? Absolutely. My dad just got out of the hospital. I know the cost. But the way we deal with it is we need to start exposing the insurance companies, the hospitals, the doctors, the PBMs, the pharmaceutical companies. Make them all transparent. Why should anyone go to the hospital and have an insurance company in the hospital negotiate the cost for the patient with the patient not having anything involved? Why are drugs so expensive? Why the pharmaceutical companies get to decide this with government and not have patients at the table? Why don't we have more competition and transparency in this? When I am president, we will go through and expose all of that. If we just dealt with the insurance companies alone, we would cut health care in half. So yes, it's great when you can say we're going to lower the cost of these drugs because people cannot afford them. But it's a Band-Aid. It's not fixing the real problem. Let's do the hard work and fix the fact that we are the best country in the world with the most expensive health care and regular, normal Americans can't afford it. You know, when my mom went to the hospital, they gave her two Tylenol. She said, I don't need it. They said, well, honey, you might as well take it because you're going to pay for it anyway. That's ludicrous. We need to break the system and refix it, not just keep putting Band-Aids over it because it's just leaving more and more Americans suffering and unavailable, unavailable Um, to be able to afford their health care.
0: Your 2024 competitor, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, just recently said he would deport the children of undocumented immigrants uh, who are born in the United States, children born in the United States, uh, although those kids have been widely considered to have birthright citizenship under the 14th Amendment. Uh, What do you think? Do you think uh, children born in the United States have birthright citizenship, uh, or do you think they should be deported?
1: I think that conversation is putting the cart before the horse. What we need to do is go to Congress and say, do your job. They need to do immigration reform. First of all, we need to secure the border, stop anyone from coming over and make sure that we do that by stopping catch and release, go to catch and deport, defund sanctuary cities, make sure that we go back to the remain in Mexico plan because nobody wants to remain in Mexico and put 25,000 border patrol and ICE agents and let them do their job. When it comes to legal immigration, Congress needs to get in a room and fix this. We need to go and deal with the fact that we shouldn't be bringing people into our country based on quotas. What about if we brought people into our country based on merit, where you looked and said, what do we need in our economy? What companies need workers? What jobs are we not able to fill? If you brought them in based on that, all of a sudden you're building our economy. You're helping America. You're not bringing in illegals who are coming in and using our system and that taxpayers are paying for. Let's do it the right way. The fact that you want to talk about children of illegal immigrants, that's the cart before the horse. Why don't we talk about legal immigration, reforming it, stopping the border, and then talk about what we're going to do to deal with the children of illegal immigrants.
0: Uh, One last thing before we go. Um, There are a lot of candidates who are still in the race who are routinely polling in the very, very low single digits um as somebody not there a little bit higher do you think it's time for the field to consolidate a little bit should some of the other candidates drop out
1: I think we've seen the field consolidate some. You know, we started with 12. I think eight ended up on the debate stage. The criteria will go up for the September 27th debate. I think the field will wind down a little bit more. And so as this goes on, I think we're gonna see it continue to get smaller and smaller. This isn't 2017 where we had, 2016 where we had 17 people on the stage. I'm thinking that we're gonna have six when it comes to the next debate stage and we'll continue to wind it down. And so I'm comfortable with the process taking place the way that it is and I think that the American people will start to kind of force this on their own and um, we'll end up with the right nominee. I expect to be that nominee, I expect to be the president and I expect to get our country back on track.
0: Is South Carolina a must win for you, you think?
1: I think Iowa and New Hampshire are are states that we need to do well in. I think I needed to be have a strong showing in Iowa, a strong showing in New Hampshire, and I think if I do both of those, I think the people of South Carolina will um, show me the grace that they've shown me before. We had an event uh, in North Charleston just a couple of days ago. We had a thousand people. The week before that, we were in Indian Land, South Carolina. We had a thousand people there, several hundred in Boiling Springs. So South Carolinians have been good to me. They know I work. They know I fight for them, and they know at the end of the day, I produce results. And so I expect that they will continue to want me to do that for them as we go into the presidential part of, this, of taking the lead in this country.
0: Ambassador Haley, always good to see you. Thanks so much. Come back soon.
1: Thanks so much, Jake. Go to NikkiHaley.com and join our cause.